About a Music Podcast, a production of Mike Rotondo and myself, Eric Morrell. Today's returning guest is Ryan Armour, lead singer of One Life and Close Enough. We dive deep into Steve Mueller's leather pants and try to pin Steve Crockett's being the Chicago Upper Tanker. Here we go. I've been working out the other day and I pulled a muscle in my back and I'm like completely crippled. I can't breathe. My kids are like, come fucking throw the football with me. I'm like, bro, I can't even move. Like, what are you talking about? I got a great story about this. So we shoot the music video, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys are all stretching. What in the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like calisthenic shit. Yeah. And I'm and I'm like, just come on, we're, we're yeah. not. We're not. Right. You know, we're not at that point, are we? We're not and, 65. Yeah. So we shoot the video, and it was a relatively short video to shoot. We weren't there all, you know, into the, deep into the morning. I go home, dude, and I, I swear to God, I couldn't walk for two days. Yeah. Because my calf muscles from, like, trying to do the rocks, <laughs> the rocks pose, <clears throat> had tightened up my calf so much that I couldn't, I literally, you know, and I, I walk all day long. You yeah. Know? So it was like, I would never think that that would happen to me. And so here I am making fun of them, and I should have been. Dude, that stretch. shit, the back shit, that happens to me just existing. I don't, yeah. you know, yeah. don't have to be working out or shooting a video. No. Like oh I you know I walked from the kitchen to the living right. room. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm fucked for, Pulled a fucking <laughs> for a week. <laughs> Damn. Uh. Yeah, I woke up the fucking next day. And we were talking about before like I quit smoking a long time ago and occasionally we'll have a couple. So the night of the video shoot, I had a couple with Eric, and then I'm singing and screaming for like you know six straight hours basically. I woke up the next morning and I think I texted Tom and I was like, I feel like fucking Neptune stabbed me in the throat with his trident. <laughs> like, fucking, I can't talk. I'm fucked. Yeah. Uh, great video, though. Yeah. And uh, you can find that on YouTube yes. or at onelifetodie.com. I am the gun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We have more. We're going to shoot another one. Are we? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> And whatever this podcast is called. That's right. Well, hopefully we do one for every song, but we'll see. Well, you've seen the one that Cal Engel Yeah, did. the one from back in the day. Um, yeah, I think he's still kind for of I Never Wanted. Put that together. Yeah, that's dope. It's got, uh, it's got footage of our first show at the Fireside. Right. Oh. And then one of the Metro shows. And then the, I think the most recent show we played is in there, too. Yeah, they're... Um, What's cool about we we didn't record all the songs, but there's footage of that, right? You know, existing out there. So, it's so crazy. I mean, I think you texted on the text thread, and I mean, it's nuts how much better we look now than we did when we were fucking twenty three. Yeah, the level of professionalism and all all the work that we did uh, during that time has is shining now. Yeah, you know, everyone finally realized. All right, cool. Like. If I'm going to do this, I really want to do it. Yeah. You know, not like, uh, I just want to be famous. Right. Yeah. Like I said, man, that we were fucking too concerned about shit that had nothing to do with the music back then. Right. For sure. I always wonder, like, with Backdrop or Tone Deaf, you know, stuff like that, if we would have kept going and you didn't join the T's and, you know, you guys would have stayed in close enough and stuff like that, like, what would we sound like now? You know? I always wanted to be like a harder band. Yeah. I, I never wanted to be the, to the bottom. And, you know, I enjoyed the old, oldies, but I always just loved guitar riffs. And I thought, like, let's just be harder, you know? Yeah. 
And then I think we were going that way and we were getting darker and starting to get more creative, you know? And I really, I, I always sit here and I'm like, I wonder if we did a record now, what it would sound like, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Would you, would you guys still be sky? <clears throat> I mean, we were never really. Yeah. You were kind of like a, a I don't know. Like, yeah, we, I would write ska songs, but then I'd write, you know, punk songs or f- fucking Nirvana type songs. Right. That had no ska elements, but then I was like, "Oh, I want horns," and then the horns would be pissed at me because, "Hey, new song, where's the horn part?" Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's right. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. And by the way, I would love to have <clears throat> close enough on Spotify. I would love to have tone deaf on Spotify or something where, where we can find it all. You know. Yeah. I know there's a little bit on YouTube floating around. Yeah, guitar player. Yeah, there's some close some enough on there, but I mean, yeah. like you know, all everything that has been done should be uploaded to that at some point. I'm sure a lot of people would appreciate that. Like yeah. and, five. And, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm one of the five. Well, there's, there's I mean, uh, four other people. There's three of us right here. <laughs> there's that uh, DuPage County Hardcore Bandcamp page that this guy is like archiving. No shit. All kinds of stuff. That's where the close enough oh, tape fuck. is. Yeah, uh, backdrop's probably on there. Yeah, and if I don't know, well, backdrop's on Spotify now anyway. Yeah, what? I find I finally got around to getting that up. Yeah, there. I don't think he's got any. I don't think anybody has any toned up George stuff. But he's got so much. You know, there's stuff on there. You're like, oh my god, like Dutch oven. What, Dude, where, where did you Ooh, find this Dutch oven? Ooh. Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> so many bands come and gone, or like the the show off demos before they got signed, right. you know that kind of stuff. Ralphie when it was fast, yeah, crazy stuff. I'm sure, the Brock Myers stuff is up there. Yeah, so Carbonas is up there. Really? Oh fuck, oh, really? Great. Wow. So uh, through the golf business that I work for, which by the way is sub seventy golf, uh, based in Sycamore where we live, Eric and I. Um, Anyways, through the golf business, we I've gotten to know this guy named Bill Bush, who uh, runs a podcast called Driving Range Heroes, free advertising for him. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Bill's a great guy, and I don't even know how the fuck we ended up talking about it, but he was like, yeah, it was like he worked at a music store in Glen Allen like while we were all doing the band thing. And I mentioned to him that I was in a band, and way back in the day and I was like yeah I'm in one life he's like yeah I don't know you guys and then I mentioned close enough and he was like oh I fucking I think I know close enough he's like I was a huge fucking Steve Mueller groupie back in the day and this is before he knew that I knew fucking Steve Mueller yeah and he was like so I was a huge fucking Morningside Drive guy and I was like fuck you Steve is in one life (laughs) and like one of my best friends like what the fuck damn so Bill freaks out like we're texting whatever but he brought up uh, a band that I thought that, like, fucking back in the day, they were, like, one of the few bands in the local scene that I was consistently fucking envious of in terms of songwriting and stage show. Retro Morning. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Damn. I used, I used to fucking watch that guy play guitar and be like, I fucking, that chord, like, why didn't yeah. I think of that chord? Dude, they were another one. Around the same time, like, mm-hmm. okay, we left for tour, whatever. Driveway uh, participants. Yes. One Life was playing, you know, 
big shows and retro morning was all over the place yeah. at that point they were like, oh i think they were playing metro yeah they were you know we left for tour came back and like the whole scene was gone yeah it was pretty much dead a year steve, later yeah. or steve like miller that. was in retro for a little short time he was too. yeah two great stories about retro not only are they the most incredible dudes, but um, they would come all the way from Plainfield to hang out in the driveway and yes. drink with us yep. until the sun came up and my neighbor came over and kicked us out <laughs> um, with his cup of coffee. He says, hey, why don't you guys put those down and have one of these? <laughs> but um, Matt Allison said, Darren said one time, we were listening to something in the studio when we were recording something, and he says, Darren's like, Freaking! How does Dan come up with these songs? And Matt goes to Darren. He's like, "Don't feel bad, bro." He's like, "It's just he's just one of those guys. Yeah, you you can't touch him. You know, he's just awesome. So good. Yeah. And then uh, Mueller came and when he first joined the band. He's like, "Dude, my fingers won't even stretch. Yeah, to hit the chords. They're these most fucked up weird chords. Yeah, and I don't even know. He's like, the Beatles couldn't even invent this shit. Yeah, you know." I swear to God, he used to fucking stretch like seven frets. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? And his voice is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, so he's in a band called uh, something with an L. I'll think of it as we're talking. But yeah, fantastic, fantastic band. Super good. Yeah. <sighs> Loma. Loma? Loma is the name of their band. Yeah. All right. I'll check them out. But uh, yeah, another one just... Got up and moved. Right. I, I forget. I think he's in Texas now, mm. and he has a studio, and it's just like, how the fuck did all this stuff happen? And, yeah. You know, and he's recording all these bands. That's and, cool. Yeah. Lots of cool shit. I'd love to see Dan again. But, yeah, def- another band where you're like, how the fuck weren't they the biggest thing yeah. in the world? You know? Totally agree. They had a little run there for a while. I think they were on um, Capitol, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Were they really? Yeah, I think it was Capital for was Sony record. Sony was that's just the headphones I'm wearing right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think it was Capital Records. They were on that for a little while. I could be wrong, Dan, if you're listening, so yell at me. But yeah, I was just always fucking blown away. Like I was the kind of person that, I mean, like I said, like I have a like a single vision musical mind at times, where like I get into one thing, and that's like all I want to fucking hear and do. But they were, and so like local bands to me, like it was like fucking this band over here, that band over there, whatever. Like I was always the kind of aloof douchebag lead singer guy that was like, I, okay, cool. Retro Morning was like the one band that I was like, fuck, like these are guys that are like in the scene with us, that we're playing with, that I legitimately think are fucking way better than we are. Yeah, which they were. Which they fucking were. What? Who is the scariest band you've ever seen? For me, it mm. was fucking. Ryan Durkin's band, Kung Fu Rick. <laughs> Where the fuck he would they wear the fucking ski mask? And they literally it's like you meet Ryan three seconds before that, you talk to him and it's like, oh, he's giving you a hug, you know, and it's like, hey, what's up? And then yeah. he's fucking like screaming, beating the getting the shit kicked. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was so afraid. I was like, Where am I right now? Especially at the fireside. And oh, it was crazy. But is there any band that's ever like really like scared the fuck out of you? Local bands? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like any show you've been at where you're just kind of like, well, well, this is getting out of hand a little bit. I mean, fucking like I was a huge Glassjaw fan back in the day, and they were scary. Just it was fucking chaos, basically. Yeah. Uh, Mars Volta, motherfuckers used to do backflips on stage. Uh, 
I mean, fuck, dude. Like, when I was growing up in New York, I was very, very close to, like, the Syracuse and Buffalo hardcore scenes. So, like, when Victory Records first became a thing, it was really fucking, like, New York hardcore-based. So Earth Crisis, uh, Snapcase, like all these fucking crazy-ass New York hardcore bands. And you would go see these. Like, I'd see these fucking bands in, like, dorm rooms. It was fucking insane. Damn. Yeah. So, like, people would be getting thrown through walls and shit and whatever. Um, I'm trying to think. You know who fucking really scared me, actually? The dog and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Monahan is fucking eight feet tall. That's right? true. With giant curly fucking hair. Right. At, at one point, Augie had the base with like the light up fret markers, <laughs> right. like a little yeah. LEDs. You were like, boop, boop, boop. I don't remember that. It was oh, yeah. like a fucking study in contrast because Augie's like four and a half feet tall, right. and Dan's eight feet tall, which is what made him fucking. Is awesome. they were fucking great. Do you remember uh, playing that like? It was like a fucking, it was a contest of some sort through like Q101 or whatever. And I don't know if it was One Life or close enough. I think it was One Life. But we ended up playing a show uh, at like the Hard Rock downtown Chicago. And I think the dog and everything ended up winning. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I can't recall what the fuck that was or whatever. But it was a Q101 sponsored thing. Fuck, I remember that. Who else played? Yeah. Hang on. Did did Penny and the Loafers play Yes, that? yes. Okay. Yep. Shit, there's another one. Yeah, they were in. <clears throat> yeah, Penny and the Loafers. Good fucking band. I don't I don't know if Tone Deaf played, but I was there for sure. Yeah, I just I mean, remember. that's the cool thing is we were all there for yeah, pretty no much matter all what, of them. No right? matter what show it was, we yeah. all, that's what you did, you know? I just remember being at the Hard Rock and like being half in the can drunk. And looking up at fucking Monahan, like up on the <laughs> stage, being like, "He's so big." <laughs> I mean, how fortunate were we to be friends with everybody, dude? I don't mm-hmm. think anybody had anything against anybody. Oh no, you know, it was like cheering everybody on, same fan base, everybody having a fucking blast, hanging out after the shows, partying our ass off. I mean, one by one, like as the days went by, it was just like it kept getting better and better and better. Yeah. Like you said, there was never, um, there was never like jealousy. There was, there was like a certain level of uh, wanting something somebody else had right. that was maybe envy or whatever fucking term you might want to call it. But it wasn't grounded in like that band sucks and they don't deserve whatever they're getting. It was always like fuck. Like we really want to do that too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And we could all fucking hang out. You know. Yeah, I mean, shit, I've got pictures from fucking 20 years ago of, you know, us and the T's and fucking LBC and fucking Ramsey from Penny and just like everybody fucking hanging out and drinking beers and having a good time. Right. And there's so many stories that I don't remember that it's nice when you do run into those guys because it's like, hey, do you remember when your brother was pissing in the sink and fucking you rescued his ass because he almost got his fucking ass kicked, you know, and at that frat party and, you know, and Darren just. I had nowhere to pee. I had to pee. Yeah, I had to go. <laughs> I, I don't sink. know what you we're wanted in, to we're do. We're at a college party, you know. <laughs> right? Like, Who cares? There's nothing wrong with that. Oh shit! Yeah, all good, all fucking great times. Um, tell us a little bit, really quick. Uh, you know, we can wrap it up here pretty soon. But uh, talk talk about the golf thing a little bit. 
So, um, I met this guy, Jason Highland, uh, lives in Sycamore. He owned um, a few different golf businesses. By the way, it's a great fucking just golf name. Yeah, I know. Like, Isn't it Scottish fucking weird? Scottish Highlands, you know? Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. I know. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, he grew up in the Highlands of Hankley, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, fucking great guy, by the way. He's a great guy. Oh, yeah. um, so... I happened to move into the neighborhood he lives in uh, back in like 2012, and we like became friends over golf. Basically, we were hanging out in a local bar one night, and I was with a guy that knew him and one of his buddies. So we ended up talking golf and whatever, and uh, we became fast friends and fucking hung out and played golf a ton. And then in like I don't know, I'm gonna say like 2017, 2018. There was this like budding genre of things on the internet, which was like custom made something direct from this internet website. So the example that I had was I found this company called Ratio that made like custom made dress shirts. I'm a lawyer, I gotta wear a lot of dress shirts. And for the price, like it was like a hundred bucks a shirt or something. And they took your measurements, they made your shirt, it didn't fit right they'd fix it whatever so we started talking about that and he is really into watches and he had found a couple of different watch companies that were doing kind of the same thing they were making watches but instead of selling them to jewelers or you know stores they were selling them direct to people on the fucking internet and they were cool watches and you could get them for a shitload cheaper than you would get a really fucking nice watch somewhere else so which nobody up- would have because it's custom exactly Makes so we came up with this idea. We were like, fucking, I bet you could do that with golf clubs. Like, make super high-end golf clubs that are custom fit to the person. But we don't put them in stores. We don't put them in, like, golf course pro shops. We don't, none of that shit exists. We just sell it directly to the dude. And we can charge, like, half the amount that they would spend for a comparable set of irons from a big fucking, you know, Titleist or whatever. And it just so happened he had been in the golf industry for long enough that he knew he had connections like in China with forges and club designers and all this other shit. And so he started working on it. And we had talked about the idea for like two years, We'd just been like kind of kicking it around. And then one day he showed up at the golf course and was like, I'm fucking doing it. And I was like, well, I want to fucking be involved. We've been kicking this idea around for fucking two years what do I have to do? And he was like, well, just let me fucking get it off the ground and we can talk, whatever. So he designed the first few sets of clubs, launched the business, um, and things went very slowly initially. And of course, like I was, you know, I would, he would give me a club and I would demo it, whack it a few times, tell him what I thought, look at the designs, whatever. So about two, three years in, like things started to pick up. For him on the golf side they were starting to sell clubs social media was moving all that shit and uh so he came to me and he was like listen uh i know you wanted to be involved from day one so i'm thinking we need to launch an apparel line how do you feel about running the apparel and i was like fucking in man whatever you need me to do i'm totally down so that was well uh, it was like two years ago almost and 
it's been a fucking journey, dude. Like trying to figure out the apparel industry in general, trying to like make those contacts that he already had for clubs, but for the apparel shit in China. And of course in the middle of it, COVID hit. So that screwed everything sideways. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's the company's doing amazing. Um, we really like are super focused on customer service and, you know, being sort of directly in line to the consumer. So there's none of the other bullshit that is you have to deal with with large companies. We have like a I mean, we have a return policy that's basically never ending. Like if you get the clubs and you don't like the clubs, fucking send them back to us. We'll take them. It's fine. Um, so the company's kicking ass and uh I am currently learning a lot about social media, <laughs> which is not something that I ever like wanted to learn about or fucking have, but uh, that's a part of the industry, so we're figuring that side of it out, and, um, and yeah, things are going well. Well, for anyone that hasn't um, checked it out yet, it's, I mean, you really got it dialed in, so you're doing something great. Um, where Thank can you. We, where can we find it? Sub70.com. Perfect. Yeah, we got all the apparel. We've got, uh, I mean, it's it's funny because, like, uh, when we started, the idea was golf shit, right? Like, polos and shorts and pants and shit you'd wear on a golf course. But to be realistic about it, I was like, number one, like, I'm, I designed the polo from the ground up, right? So, like, every fucking cut and every measurement, like, had to be. So that, that whole process took, like, a year. And in the meantime, I was like, well, we've got to fucking have something to sell. So let's start working on the simple shit, T-shirts and hoodies and hats and all that stuff. And really, um, it's developed, like we're, we're still doing, we're still working on fully fleshing out the golf apparel side of things. But really, like the, the coolest shit we have is all like lifestyle wear. Yeah. It's the hoodies. It's like lightweight hoodies. Yeah, I would it's agree. It's long sleeve t-shirts. It's fucking dope hats. It's, you know, fucking socks and belts and shit. So that's uh that's been an important part of it and like I really think like I'm trying to design clothing that you can wear like to golf in, but then you also look dope as shit when you wear the same stuff to the bar after you leave the golf course. So that's the that's the shot, and the logo's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's they made it pretty easy for me to fucking sell clothes. <laughs> yeah, when the logo is you know as cool as the sub seventy logo is. So. I mean the hats are. I mean, yeah, it's just like you don't even fuck. I mean, the number of people that will ask you like, "What does that mean?" is fucking insane. I mean, you're just walking around. It's a line with the number seventy under it. Yeah, but it's like it clearly means something. And in in golf parlance, obviously, sub-70 means, like, you shot lower than 70, which right. would be a fucking great round. And, of course, we get the joke, like, oh, if I, you know, if I shoot a fucking 100, I can't wear the hat. It's like, fuck you, no. Wear the fucking hat. Yeah. Because it's cool. <laughs> well, yeah. what's cool about it, right, is that it starts conversation. Because mm-hmm. you see 70, and you're like, oh, what the fuck is that? Right? So, and yeah. then it's like, oh, it's golf. And then it's like, oh, you know, my uncle's a golf player, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and so then it just leads to the next thing. So it's, it's sure. actually fantastic. Uh, yeah. Well, it's so it's been um, to bring it back to like the creative side, uh, you know, it's been like a creative outlet for me 
to be able to sit down and design logos and design clothes and shit like that. So it's cool. It brings me back to the old days where, like, you know, we'd fucking make our own flyers for shows. Yeah. You know? It's no different. Right. Same same shit. I mean, how many fucking... We have to learn the internet. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, how many shows did we fucking play at the Lombard VFW and uh, had to fucking make our own flyers and... Crazy how many like <clears throat> life skills you develop being in a, you know, no just, shit. just DIY band where yeah. you have to do everything. It's just fucking being able to talk to people. Yeah. Like being able to promote yourself. Yeah. Right? I mean, these are things like hopefully we're teaching our children. Oh, like, yeah. Like it's fucking, yeah. you want something? Like you got to go get it and you yeah. got to sell yourself. Make it, make a tape, print right. out the label, put it in the thing. You know, yeah, the whole Dave Grohl speech is pretty still spot on to the, you know, it's still you make the song, right? Record the song, you know, and then you make the t shirts, whatever, all the shit, and then you go out and you play the shows, and then, yeah. you know, that's how it all works. And it's still the same process for anything that you do in any business opportunity you start. It's got to start with that one thing, right? You, you know, what are you going to do? The only difference is, you know, back then we didn't realize it was a business, right. We're just like, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know, the band, whatever. Fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still kind of in that headspace. Yeah. yeah well, that's good. Know. That's the good, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Uh, so before we go here, I always end up asking everybody this one question, and I'm really into wanting to know when you sing on stage, where where is your head at? Um, my head is completely fucking empty, which... There's like there's I think there's probably two places that happens and it's on stage and it's while I'm swinging a golf club. Um, and it may also be maybe the reason why I sometimes drink a little bit, um, because the inner monologue in my head is constant. It never fucking shuts up. And I've started to meditate. I started meditating like pretty seriously about a year ago. And uh, I'm still still doing it every day for at least 10 minutes. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, more often than not, I'm, like, sitting down and thinking, which is not the idea of meditating. Yeah. Um, but I'm, tr- I'm working on that part of it. But uh, it takes a long fucking time. I'm in the same shoes as yeah, you. So, yeah. It's, it's uh, even just getting to the point where, like, I can observe my thoughts from like some distance away and just be like, okay, like that was a thought that I just had. Right. But I don't have to like follow the stream and go with thought. I can just kind of like let it, let it go. Um, nah, man, when I'm singing, it's uh, one of the very few times that I really like, I'm just reacting in real time and there's nothing happening inside of my head, which honestly is part of the reason why sometimes I forget the fucking lyrics because <laughs> because i'm just like so in the moment that if the lyric doesn't happen to come to me i'm just like fuck what i don't know what's happening what's going on which flips me out of the moment and then i'm like shit okay gotta figure that one out whatever um but yeah no man that's why that's part of the reason why music has been uh such an integral part of like who I've become as a human being is because like you get on stage I remember I mean the first time I ever played a show in my life you're scared out of your fucking mind right like you're 
you're like, fuck, I don't know what's going to happen. This could suck and I could be terrible and whatever. But it's like similar in a, in a weird way to playing sports, um, which I did a lot of when I was a kid. And that is like you're nervous up until the moment that you begin. And then you begin and then it all just fucking happens. Right. It all just flows. And you're not nervous anymore because you're not fucking thinking about anything. Right. You're just doing it. I mean, so it's a weird form of like emptiness that is like not normally achievable for me, at least uh, in everyday life where I'm not concerned about anything. I'm just doing the thing. And then when the thing is over, all of a sudden, you know, the fucking inner monologue kicks back in and I go like, oh, that was great. Or, oh, that kind of sucks. Or oh, you're a shithead or fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah, which is interesting because back in the van days of hanging out in the driveway when we were sitting around, uh, you would bring over some tapes of, like, these some other songs that it was just me and acoustic, and we were listening to those, you know, quite inebriated. <laughs> but you're also, a lot of people, I don't know if they know this, like an incredible poet, and you, you write mm, thank you. quite a bit. I did. Um, yeah. But... Which shows in your lyrics, obviously, you know. Um, so that's that's interesting how you could be so crazy intense like a poet, but then go to perform what you have written and being not so much empty, but just, you know, you're releasing it and you're just in the moment. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you guys, actually, I was thinking about this earlier. So, I mean, obviously, all three of us are people that have written songs what was your process for like lyric writing and i will tell you mine to begin with i would literally write down fucking pages of shit and it would all just be like stream of consciousness whatever and i would like occasionally it would rhyme sometimes and sometimes it wouldn't um and then <clears throat> we would get to practice and somebody would have a riff or even like if i was at home and just wrote a riff or whatever I would go through this like thousand word thing that I'd written and start to like pick out and bracket phrases so I found maybe like two years ago I found an old book I used to buy these like big fucking like you know whatever a sheet of paper is just like blank pages and I would write fucking shit all in these books I found a couple of the ones that were One Life songs, and I took a picture and I sent it to Jeremy Galanis because, like, the lyrics for She Came to Me were, like, three words here, six words here, like, ten words. I mean, it just, like, it was, like, fucking highlighted, like, bracketed shit. Yeah. Um, and I would just kind of, like, go through and, and pick out words that worked, and it never, ever worked for me to like sit down and go like, okay, here's the first verse and write, you know, two lines or four lines or whatever that rhymed, mm -hmm. which is part of the reason why when the T's were around in like early T's and Tom was writing songs about like kitty cat shirts and fucking whatever, <laughs> I was like, dude, this is the lamest shit Man's ever. 13. Like, this is terrible. I'm sorry. Like, I love you, Tom, but this is fucking stupid. Because I think I came from, like, the Nirvana sort of, like, um, I, I mean, obviously Kurt Cobain was a fucking genius, but, you know, it seemed very 
like incoherent while still being totally coherent. Right. And so when I sat down to write lyrics, I was just like, I'm just going to write whatever comes to my brain and then I'll fucking figure out the song part later. So you guys, Mm. how do you write? For me, it would either be, I'll have a melody and I'll just be singing gibberish kind of. Right. But sometimes like very specific gibberish that like the the words need to like sound like that. Yeah. In order for the melody to like. To work. work. Yeah. You can almost hear the word in the gibberish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or I'll just, as I'm writing a melody, write the words. The words just happen. And then kind of go back and edit, you know, stop and go, you know. Right. Line by line, and then never want to change anything. Yeah. Because of it. I don't know. That's how it is. That's it. Yeah. That's how it came out. Crazy. There is a buzz going on over here. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm. It's what it is. We're in a bus. That's right. I'm on a bus, motherfucker. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm a little worried about that because <clears throat> those are all up and they're normally at the line there, but we'll be all right. Yeah, whatever. Fuck, Fuck it. it. If people have to listen to a little buzz, they can yeah, feel. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, t- I don't know. We've talked about this a little bit, but for my writing process, I don't know. It's always so different for me because either I'm really inspired by either I saw a movie mm-hmm. and it struck me very romantically, emotionally, and uh, either brought me back to a time where I had some kind of romantic encounter or, you know, whatever it might be. But, like... I think I write more from always melody first. I have right. to have that melody, obviously. I've never been able to sit down and write something like a whole page like you. Lyrics always come last for me. Um, and I'll sing gibberish over everything. Yeah. Like Mike knows. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I only do that to get the melody out, obviously. Right. And then I'll go back and I, I always do have like an, a thought of what the song is going to be, which right. is end up, you know, end up being that. But yeah, there's no real lyrics for it, and I really have to put a lot of time to think of how to like structure the song, you know, melodically yeah. with the lyrics. But. I was never a great uh, melody writer. Pat wrote most of the melodies for all the bands that we were in, so I would show up, even if I wrote the guitar part, I would be like, I have this guitar part, and he'd be like, okay, well the melody goes like this, and I'd be like, okay, cool, right? I'll find words that fit with the melody and whatever so yeah i think it's just a love for the craft no matter what you're doing you know mike mike and i wrote this new so we have a song coming out called drop my eggnog on the dance floor nice um hopefully it'll be out before christmas is it, is it drop <laughs> it's drop my eggnog oh, okay. on the dance floor yes thanks for correcting me i thought it was just no i thought it was just eggnog on the dance floor or it is you're right eggnog on the dance okay. floor. okay the chorus is drop my and yeah. it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter so but so hopefully the song will see the light of day before christmas but and it came it came together so fast over like the last couple of weeks so it's just like still pretty fresh i don't even think i remember the lyrics but so but we're in the studio so we were in here and we were writing with his neighbor that we we interviewed and you know we were having a lot of fun jamming and stuff or whatever and mike comes up with this list of freaking christmas titles nice so, you know, we were kind of fucking around in here or whatever, and I loved I Drop My Eggnog on the Dance Floor. Yeah. So then I just went home, and literally I wrote the song in, like, fucking seconds. But I couldn't I couldn't do it in here with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or we couldn't do it together, whatever the situation was. It just, I had to go home, and when I went home, it came out of me. Right. 
And then I go to Mike and I, I'm like, well, let's record this. And so we tried me singing it one night and Mike's like, got to sing it like this. I couldn't fucking do it. And I'm like, like hours, hours. And I'm like, I'm gonna the go melody? home. Yeah, yeah, the melody. Yeah. Fuck. So like, my point is, is that like, you know, for somebody to tell me how to do something, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. It has to come out of me. You know, I'm very stubborn like Dude. that. And it's not that I don't want to. It's just that like I'm not programmed to change it. I totally know what you're talking about. I mean, like, my uh, so like if I'm just listening to a record and I'm gonna make up like a harmony to the main melody, just like fucking off the cuff. It's always, I don't even know what the fuck it is, but I think it's thirds. I always sing a fucking third. I don't even know what a third is, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever. It's an interval. It's harmonious, whatever. And Gilroy would fucking constantly be like, don't fucking always sing in thirds. And I'm like, but that's the way my fucking brain works, dude. Yeah. Like, that's what I hear. So that's what I fucking sing. So he would write fucking melodies for me. And I was the same fucking thing. Like, I'd have to do it a hundred fucking times to get it right because. Yeah it wasn't the way that my brain fucking heard it or wanted it to be. And so I'm trying to fucking sing it the way my brain wants it to be. And he's like, that's not fucking right. Right. The same thing with one life. Like how many times is you guys have to tell me the low part of freaking give no, it up? dude. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> dude, to your credit, that's an insanely difficult part to fucking sing. But you know, I mean like to try give to do up, the fucking up, upscale, you know, when it gets <laughs> yeah, to the right. upscale, yes, it's like, the key change. I, you know, I, I don't know. It's key change. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Because I, I just want to sing what the fuck I know, you Dude, know? I get it, man. That I wrote. Everybody's, like, fucking semi-programmed. Well, not everybody. There are people yeah. that are just fucking, like, polyphonic geniuses. Yeah, Darren's great at backups. That's why we um, work great together, you yeah. know? He can pick up the backup and sing it the first time. I yeah. can never do that the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. You're fucking great at that. Well, uh, yeah. It's fucking, it's crazy to me that, like, uh, I don't know, just, like, some people have a, a inherent talent for shit like that, and, like, I don't honestly think of myself as, like, a, a really musical person. Like, I love music. I like writing music. I like playing music. I like listening to music. But, like, I meet people who are, like, actual professional musicians, or really fucking talented. Mm -hmm. Like people can do shit that like I can't do in their brains. Right. I may be able to like sing the song or play the song on guitar, but like there's an element of of creativity uh, that goes along with the melody part of things um, that like I just have never felt like I fucking had. Which was why the my like marriage with Pat Gilroy was great because like technically i can do a lot of that shit you yeah. just got to fucking tell me what i gotta do right and pat was very good at that yeah thank god for pat in so many ways you know i mean every single person i mean the band <clears throat> the love i have for this band for one life will i'll take it to my grave i mean it's such a uh, you guys are like all my brothers that I never had, you For know, sure, and dude. when we're in the room, the love that I feel mm. is so amazing. Even when Pat's yelling, fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> or Mueller or whatever it might be. Right. <clears throat> but like, I don't want to be anywhere else when yeah. we get together, and especially if it's been a break and we get back in that room. I mean, I'm alive, you know, my whole fucking life is on fire at, in those practices. And then when we get on that stage and play those songs, it's like, holy shit, this is what I've been missing my whole life. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
for sure. I would agree. So any uh, anything new coming up for the uh, for the old one life here? I think we got uh, we're gonna finish this record up. Fuck, dude, I don't even know. I was at Tom's tracking vocals uh, like two weeks ago with Pat, and uh, that went quite well. And I'm just fucking waiting on people to comp vocals and mix shit. Right, right. But hopefully we'll have it out by year this year, I'm assuming. <laughs> I hope Maybe. so, man. Maybe two. We'll just be the gift that keeps giving. It's like know? fucking uh, Chinese democracy, dude. Yeah. It's, just, it's never going to come out. Yeah. We're waiting for Carl Ryan to come forward. <laughs> right. No. Give us, give us the golden ticket. The difference is when, when the one life shit actually comes out, it'll be worth it. You know? <laughs> right. Un- unlike Chinese unlike Chinese democracy. democracy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolutely. What about you? What's up with the teas? Anything well, yeah, good going? You know, we got this and that. Yeah. Oh, dude, how was? Uh, did you go to fucking Indonesia? Uh, yeah, Jakarta. Yeah. How was that? Awesome. Weird. Yeah. You know, long flight. You guys just, were there for like fucking a day and a half, right? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It was like going there, me and Tom flew to New Jersey and then flew the other way to Tokyo. Oh my god. Uh but it was cool. Yeah. You know? Weezer played. Apparently it was like the biggest music festival in Southeast Asia. That's fucking awesome. And uh yeah. Sweet. You guys like And then really we turned cool. around and came and flew right back. back home. Yeah. yeah. I know. So we tracked uh, a couple One Life songs like the day before or two days before you guys left for that trip. The equivalent of you flying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to Tom about it. I was like, that's fucking bonkers, dude. Like, literally flying 30 hours. Yeah. You're in town for 36 hours, and then you're flying 30 hours back. Yep. It's fucking crazy. uh, Missed Thanksgiving, but who Mm. cares? I'm I'm really thankful for the... uh, What what is their Instagram handle? It's like uh, Plain White Tees Indonesia. Yeah. Those guys... One dude. Uh, one dude. Yeah, I I don't I don't know his name, but his hang on. Dieter, I think. Dieter. Yeah. He had a German name. Yeah, and he's sounds like, about yeah. right. We're like, oh, nice to meet you. Like, Super yeah, nice German dude. Uh, but he posts all kinds of footage of them playing because I love watching them. You know, wherever they're going, like it's so nice to kind of see like what they're doing. You yeah. Know? And uh, he put, had awesome footage. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys look badass. Yeah. Playing. Yeah, he like came backstage in the dressing room and was hanging out. And, Great. He's a cool dude. Yeah, it's yeah. nice that you guys finally got to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, should we wrap this up? Sure. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I, I would love to talk for... Yeah, you know, I got plenty of shit to talk about. Days. Yeah. Mike? Like being a lawyer. I got a bunch of good stories yeah, how's that about going? being a lawyer. It's good. What kind of law do you do? So I practice uh, mostly medical malpractice defense law. Are you ever going to do it for real or just practice? <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that joke a lot? The, I feel like that was the best. No, I've never even fucking heard that. Yeah, that's the most obvious that's joke the most, to make. I'm making more. Crowd. The most fucking dad joke <laughs> ever. It's fucking amazing. So medical malpractice stuff. Yeah, defense. So I defend doctors and nurses uh, in hospitals and shit that get sued for malpractice. They say you fucked up. You say no, we didn't. That's exactly right. Yep. Yep. Cool. And uh, yeah, so yeah, we've got uh, we try a lot of cases like jury trials, so. We did, I think, five trials in the last year. We're probably going to do six or seven in 2023, so I'll be busy doing that. And uh, it's good, man. Like, I have a a lot of interest in the medical field. Yeah. I feel like if I had my shit together uh, more when I was in college, 
Wait a minute. Oh, if I had my shit together more, I wouldn't be a lawyer. I'd be doing something, you know, for oh. something professional. Yeah. For real. I mean, medical Jesus school. Christ, Sometimes, no. So, like, I literally fucking for about five years after I started doing the legal thing, I was like, man, I should have gone to fucking medical school. Yeah. I'm not sure I was smart enough to go to medical no, school. No, and then you would have been like, oh, man, I should have, you know, rocket science. <laughs> right. I should have fucking, yeah. I could have worked at Fermilab. <laughs> There's always something. There's right? always something. There's always yeah. you're right. There's always fucking something. I think you're doing pretty damn I'm, good for yourself. I'm doing know? okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing all right. Thank you to Ryan Armour for uh gracing us with his presence. Oh Jesus Christ. I don't grace anybody, but thank you for having me. Sugar is death apart. <laughs> it was a great time. I'd be happy to fucking come back and hang out. Uh you're gonna be a regular on the podcast because I, I feel I like it. um we need to do more of digging back. And forward, but um, there's so many great. It'd be fun to get like Stuby, you know, like get a couple guys in yeah, here and kind of talk. Roundtable discussion. Yeah, roundtable yeah. discussion. I think that would be an incredible actual couple episodes. Do like maybe two or three of them and have a roundtable like that and go back and visit like what we thought happened and kind of like, yeah. you know. Like, no, you're wrong. It was like this. Right. No, this happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's, exactly. I mean, the thing that blows my fucking mind is that like, when I left the scene, when I got booted from One Life, so much shit happened between then and now where, like, people that were fucking kids taking pictures of us are now fucking gigantic, famous photographers. Right. People that were coming, Carl Ryan, coming to our shows and fucking being awesome and being like, dude. Right, now he's Billie Eilish. Yeah, let me help you promote your band. And now he's fucking giant and like running the music industry like it's it's fucking insane to me i mean cal cal fucking cal's blowing the shit out he's supposed right. to actually poor guy he's been waiting for me to get back to him about photos i was gonna invite him tonight but i knew we probably wouldn't be that long you know yeah but um yeah i mean the bill dude the whole Nabil story is fucking bonkers we almost died because Nabil. we almost fucking i mean got murdered here's an it wasn't almost we would have been dead if yeah. Pat didn't make us get the fuck out of there, we would have been dead. Well, that old, so here's the story, Mike. Yeah. This is a good one. We fucking. And listeners. And listeners. And listeners. Mike and listeners. We're going to get our fucking pictures taken for the first time as a band. We get a hold of Nabil because Nabil was shooting Lucky Boy's Confusion at the time. And we were like, let's fucking use this guy. Nabil uh, is this like crazy Australian dude that was an exchange student and fucking ended up staying in the States and whatever. So we drive downtown. It's fucking like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. We meet Nabil. Nabil's like, okay, I got this fucking awesome spot we're going to go take pictures at. And we're all excited as fuck. We're like, fucking, let's do it. We're, we're game. So he drives us to Cabrini Green. Awesome spot. Which, which, for those who are not familiar, was a housing project on, like, the, I don't even know, it's like the west side of Chicago. It's by UIC. doesn't exist anymore because they knocked it all down. When we went there, they were in the process of knocking some of it down. Like a south loop, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So we get there, and there's, like, these crumbling semi-knockdown housing projects. Yeah. And Nabil's like, this is going to look fucking amazing. Everybody get out of the car. Let's go. So we get out of the car, and we're there for fucking 
five minutes. Like we're looking for somewhere to take pictures. And this old, this is the way I remember this story. Yeah, and I'm clueless you, because I'm like, I never go to the city. And at this point, you know, Pat was a little more. They were in DePaul. They were yeah, going to yeah, DePaul. So, so they, they knew what the fuck was up down there. So Pat, Pat and Jeremy were immediately like, we don't, we need to fucking get out of here. And Nabil was like, no, it's fucking cool. Don't worry about it. Like, we're going to get the pictures and we're going to get the fuck out. We're there for five minutes. This, like, 75-year-old black man walks up to us and he goes, what are you guys doing here? And Nabil's like, we're taking pictures. And the guy's like, uh, if you don't leave in the next few minutes, you guys are all going to have a big fucking problem. And we were like, okay, we're leaving. And Nabil was, like, adamant. He yeah. was like, we're fucking staying. Yeah. We're not leaving. If he could have took the keys out of all the cars, yeah. he, he would have. Yeah. I mean, we were literally like, okay, we need to fucking leave. And this guy was like, no, I'm serious. You guys got to fucking go. Like, something bad is going to happen. This guy was, like, looking out for us. Yeah. He was being serious. He right. was like, this is not the place for you guys. You got to fucking get out of here. So, anyways, we, like, semi-ditched Nabil, our <laughs> fucking photographer, Walked back to the cars and ultimately fucking took pictures somewhere else. But okay, well, I remember it quite differently. Same exactly how you said it, but you must have walked away and we must have still kind of been there taking like individual shots or doing something or whatever. Because do you remember one by one people started coming out? There of were the fucking yeah, corners. Yes, there were people that were like coming out to see what the fuck was going on. Yeah, and like kind of like grouping. Like, as if, like, they were going to surround us and fucking take all our money and kill us or something. I don't yeah. know. But, well, yeah. They probably just you know would have I mean? robbed us and beat us right, up. Right, right. You know, at that point. But whatever. Yeah, man, that that was probably the most scared shitless I've been in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Because you didn't know. We didn't know. No. And we were. We really didn't. We were stupid. We were outnumbered for sure. Plus, Mueller, you know, he's not going to fight us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll suck your dick. I'll suck your dick for crack. I'll give you my leather pants. You just let me go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've had uh, several drinks, as evidenced, on the table in front of me. Very well. Ending on another high note. <laughs> high note. By the way, there is a couple ending on a high note, but I don't think ending on a high note, so we might be good. Well, you know, we'll massage it. We'll massage something, it. Yeah. Something legal. Yeah. Massage it. Finesse it. Yeah. You need a lawyer. Let me know. All right. Pro bono? Sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> we got it on tape. <laughs> Shit. Later. Bye.